With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. You're with James Freeman and the Freeman Report on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hello and welcome to the Freeman Report, which puts the world's leading scientists, doctors and politicians right at the heart of today's news talk and our fight for freedom, liberty and justice. I'm your host, James Freeman, and on today's Freeman Report, I'll be talking about the US presidential elections, allegations that the governing Scottish National Party is trying to undermine the independence of the Scottish COVID inquiry, and we'll also be talking about what was wrong with the leaked New Zealand government jab data that I broke on this show and which was reported across the world. <clears throat> it is Tuesday the 16th of January and my first guest today is an independent candidate in the US presidential elections. He is bold and he is brash and he doesn't mince his words. Um, in a recent post on X, he said... Every presidential candidate except me sucks Zionist cock. <laughs> um, it is therefore no secret that he's very critical of Israel, which is a brave position to take if you're running in a US election. His campaign slogan is truth, freedom and health, which is very much in line with the ethos of the Freeman Report and that of the freedom movement. He claims to be the inventor of email and was featured on the front of Time magazine, although this claim isn't without controversy, as some say it was Ray Tomlinson who invented email. However, whatever the truth is about that claim, Dr. Shiva is a very interesting character. I came across him when he jumped into the debate about the, the, the leaked New Zealand government jab data after he got a copy of the data from those working with the whistleblower. Dr. Shiva held a large X Spaces event with Kim.com where he laid out his case on why Steve Kirsch was wrong in concluding that the data was the smoking gun that the jabs had killed tens of thousands in the country. He has four degrees from MIT, including a PhD in biological engineering. So he's clearly a very clever guy. So how is his presidential campaign going? What does he think of the other candidates? And what did his analysis show that spurred him to disagree with Steve Kirsch's conclusions on the leaked New Zealand data? Stay tuned for all of that in a moment. My second guest today was supposed to appear yesterday, although due to technical issues, we couldn't get him on. Um, but I'm pleased to say that we've now ironed these out um, and he will be appearing in the second part of today's Freeman Report. Um, it is an incredibly important story that he has to tell. Um, he's uh, alleging, essentially, that the Scottish COVID inquiry is being undermined by the SNP. The second time in two days we've heard stories of political parties in the United Kingdom trying to interfere with the COVID inquiries. And there are two running, one in Scotland, um, in Edinburgh, and one in London. Um, now, the one in Scotland has cost taxpayers £8 billion, and it hasn't even started yet. 
Um, we also learned this week um, that the inquiry in Scotland um, has been delayed um, because the chair has been diagnosed with a tumour, that is Lord Brailsford. Um, I do think we need to use this time now in Scotland to look into these allegations that my second guest um, will share today. Um, Bill Jolly was until recently due to give evidence to the Scottish COVID inquiry. However, after raising what he believes are serious conflicts of interest involving the leader of the SNP, Hamza Youssef, he was dropped from the inquiry entirely. Um, given no explanation and no right of appeal. This is very concerning and obviously comes on the back of the allegations that the UK COVID inquiry is being undermined to protect the general election interests of the Conservative Party. Um, yesterday, we heard an exclusive on this show from Dr. Asim Maholtra, who said that two former Tory ministers have acknowledged to him personally that the mRNA jabs are linked to the excess deaths. Not only that, but one said this was the reason it will not be discussed at this point, as it would collapse the government right before the general election. Now, this in itself is no surprise. Scandalous, yes, but not a surprising comment for a Tory um, MP to make, I guess. What is surprising, though, is that last week we learned that the UK COVID inquiry has decided to drop the section of the inquiry that was due to look at the safety of the vaccines and the rollout itself. This part of the inquiry was due to take place this summer, but will now not take place until after the general election. So the question is, have the Tories interfered in the running of the inquiry? There is every reason to think that they have, um, because no substantive justification for dropping that part of the inquiry has been given. Um, and if this is indeed the, the case of the inquiry being changed to protect the election interests of the Tory party, then isn't this interference with the election process itself? It certainly looks that way, doesn't it? Now, the clip of Dr. Maholtra on this show um, yesterday has now had over 350,000 views on X alone. I think it's approaching 400,000 now. And that, like I said, is just on one pla um, platform, X. Um, I'm sure that is, it must be approaching nearly a million now as it is all over the place on Telegram, on Facebook and other platforms. Um, I am expecting it to get several million views in the coming week. Now, this story is huge. And if you missed yesterday's show, then get yourself over to tntradio.live and find the Freeman Report under shows um, where you can watch back or listen back to all of my previous shows. And if, like me, you think that everyone should know about this story, then please make sure you give my post and TNT's post um, a share on X and feel free to share it on all other platforms. If you want to get in touch about any of the topics on the show or maybe to suggest a guest, then email me as always at jamesfreeman at tntradio.live. And if you want to join in the conversation, get yourself over to tntradio.live and click on the chat icon. My name is James Freeman and this is the Freeman Report for today's News Talk TNT. 
It's the stuff. It's that division people are talking about. And that cluelessness that they want to push. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hello, Gemma. How are you doing today? Hi, James. Yeah, honestly, you've lit a match under that with that clip that's gone around at the social media. I'm only on a handful of little Telegram channels and I've tentatively on X and I woke up this morning, early in the morning, and the Asim Malhotra's clip from your show yesterday was everywhere, everywhere. And it's absolutely brilliant that it's gaining so much traction and people are really, uh, you know, seeing that the government knows exactly what is going on when it comes to the, uh, the jabs and excess deaths. Yeah, I don't know what it is about me and Asim, but every time I do an interview with him, it seems to go absolutely viral. He does loads of interviews all around the world. But of course, you know, I um, interviewed him back in February, um, well, February, March 2022. I had to sit on that interview all the way through to about September um, because he was trying to get his papers published. Um, but when I launched that interview, that went absolutely berserk. Um probably 10 million views um, across the world. Um, the same happened with the second one. So, um, so yeah, I don't know whether it's the stars aligning, um, but I do think, you know, Asim does some great work around the world. He doesn't necessarily tailor his message to the freedom movement itself. He's more tailoring that message to the medical establishment, but he has done some great work. And this is another example of him with his connections. And he does have lots of high level connections, letting us know what is going on behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. And the truth is out in today's news talk. That's our job. It's to it's to report the facts that the mainstream media wouldn't go won't go near. Can you imagine if he'd said that on a mainstream media outlet? They would have just completely shut him down. It would have been, oh, we got technical problems back to the studio, you know, and then they would have issued some sort of fact check justification. They would never have let that clip out on air. Never. Somebody saying a cardiologist saying that former MPs know about the saying that government knows the links between the jab and excess deaths. That would never have got out. So fair play. Kudos to you, James. James, kudos to you. Yeah, and ju just to be clear, the these are not former MPs. These are former Conservative ministers. Now, he didn't say whether they're serving um, MPs or not. Um, we don't know. Um, but, it you know, it, this is not Andrew Bridgen, put it that way. Andrew Bridgen has never been a min minister. So, um, yeah, senior people within the Conservative Party have acknowledged the fact that there is a link between the mRNA vaccines. As I keep on saying on this show, I'm absolutely certain, as certain as I can be, without actual hard evidence, that wider government now know that the mRNA vaccines are linked to excess deaths. And hence why, the, you know, surprisingly, the COVID inquiry has so yeah. far postponed. It says postponed that section of the inquiry, the third phase, which is all to do with the vaccines. I think it's just going to kick that can down the road for as long as possible. I wonder if we'll ever see it when making the light of day. That's my own personal thoughts on that section of the inquiry. Yeah, absolutely. Right, Gemma, um, what, what story have you got for us today then? Well, it seems to be a day of hearings and debates and inquiries across the land in the UK. Within the last half an hour, um, the uh, former sub-postmaster Alan Bates, the, the head of a post office and the head of Fujitsu, um, are all meeting in front of the Commons Business and Trade Committee to talk about what can further be done to compensate the, the victims of the post office IT horizon scandal. Um, in the last half an hour, we've already heard, the committee has already heard, how the mental health of sub-postmasters and postmistresses has suffered over the last 20 years, uh, with more than 100 psychiatric reports 
detailing depression and PTSD. Uh, and the, the committee's heard this morning how this could be uh, alleviated somewhat by accountability and admissions of guilt and wrongdoing, and also by financial compensation. That would go a long way to restoring not just the lives, but the mental health of the sub-postmasters and mistresses that were wrongly convicted of theft. Um, due to the IT uh, glitch. So we've got Alan Bates in there with Joe Hamilton. She's a com wrongly convicted sub-post mistress. They're due to give evidence later on. Um, and the boss of Fujitsu and the post office will be kind of detailing their case. They're the current bosses, though. They're not the bosses that were in charge at the time. But what I find astounding is all these people are effectively in the same room. You know, you've got the victims, you've got the organization, and then you've got the tech company, which was responsible, and the organization as well for, for giving that contract away. So I would imagine tensions are running high at that business and uh, trade committee meeting today. But it's a story of David against Goliath, isn't it? Alan Bates tenaciously has not let this drop for 20 years. Now we've had the drama, which the writer of the drama said that she was warned nobody would watch it by television insiders. They've said, oh, nobody wants to watch a drama about this. How wrong were they? Uh, this has caught the public consciousness in the UK mm. like nothing I've ever seen. So let's see what comes out of this and let's hope that the aim of this committee hearing to get them rightful compensation and accountability, we see that achieved. Yeah, obviously that's the priority, I think, because these people have been put through hell. Um, I think we need to sort that very, very quickly. But I think, you know, we, we need to make sure that justice is all, also done because there are people involved in this, and I don't know who they are, that knew what was going on. They knew there was a problem with the system, and yet they kept on prosecuting people. Um, that, you know, people need to, to be held to account for that, whether that's going to prison, but they certainly need to be um, brought in front of a court of law um, and um, asked what the hell was going on. Um, you know, it's like, if, for example, when we actually get the truth out in the end on the jabs, um, people aren't going to be satisfied with just, oh, sorry, we got it wrong. It was all a mistake. No, um, there were people that knew about this. There were people that facilitated what went on. Um, and these people need to be held to account. We need justice. Um, thank you very much for that story. Obviously, it's going to run and run that Gemma. So I'm sure we'll end up talking about it um, more in the coming days and weeks. Um, but thank you very much for that story, Gemma. Look forward to another one tomorrow. Right, to the rest of you, um, I've got a great show lined up for you today. So don't go anywhere. Stick with me, James Freeman, on today's News Talk TNT. TNT's Steve Malsberg. If a president could be prosecuted for things he did which he believed and was advised by his lawyers what, what was was the duty of the president to do. And then after the fact, after he's president, he could be prosecuted. The example has come up today many times. Well, when Joe Biden leaves office, he could be prosecuted for not securing the border. Barack Obama um, okayed drone strikes against American citizens overseas. He could be prosecuted for murder. I mean... This opens up a whole can of worms. Um, Pandora's box, I think, is the term that uh, that Trump used. Steve Malsberg on today's News Talk TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website. 
thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. They've launched a new service called Wake Up Your Neighbours, where you can get copies delivered to the streets right around you if you don't want to do it yourself. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk a hoax about carbon dioxide in the climate has caused a global energy and economic disaster. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Right, okay. Well, we've had a slight switch around with the guests. Same guests we've got on today, um, but we're actually going to get Bill Jolly on first, and he's with me now. Um, hello, Bill. Yeah, good morning. Um, well, listen, thank you for joining me um, on the Freeman Report, Bill. Um, we heard yesterday um, from Asim Maholtra how it appears, and there's allegations that the, the UK Conservative Party has been interfering in the UK COVID inquiry to protect their election interests. Um, and you are now are going to bring us a story um, of the similar thing going on in Scotland with the SNP. Um, now, Bill, you were due to give evidence, weren't you, to the Scottish um, COVID inquiry? Um, very, very quickly, tell us um, why you were involved in the inquiry in the first place. Well, the reason that I got involved was because uh, my father um, died back in April 2020. Um, he had serious falls in his care home and then more, far more serious falls in the Aberdeen Royal Infirmary, where he was also... Uh, found to be COVID positive. Um, and despite my pleas about the condition of my father and also the fact that he had COVID, the decision was made to put my father back to the care home and they accepted him back. And at that point in time, they were going to put him back in with my mother. I had to fight to get that stopped and to get my father isolated. Um, leading right, up to okay. that. Yeah. So, sorry, go on, Bill. Sorry. No, what I was going to say is that um, I, uh, I I was so horrified at what went on and also the way that my father ended his life tragically. You know, he, he landed up back in his care home with serious head injuries that hadn't been checked on. Uh, he didn't get a brain scan or anything done. And, um, and I was getting mixed information uh, from the care home. Um, my father... In the end, in my opinion, was actually euthanized. He they used midazolam and morphine on him latterly, and I found out once I got access to the the care home notes and the medical notes that in the last sort of seven days of his life, he had been up and about. He'd been going into other rooms when they were trying to keep him in a small room, isolated, and he had been found crawling on all fours. He'd been shouting for help, and despite my Please, he would probably be nearly blind because he had pretty poor eyesight and they never gave him back his glasses. So he died on the 26th of April, 2020. I'm I lost really sorry to place. hear. That That sounds yep. absolutely terrible, Bill. Really sorry um, to yep. hear um, that you've had to go through that. Now, so you were due to give evidence to the COVID inquiry. Tell us what's happened because you've been dropped from that inquiry, haven't you? Yeah, well, there's a, a sequence of events happened um, to get legal representation. Well, first of all, I put in formal complaints to uh, most of the parties concerned. I put in a formal complaint to NHS Grampian, which was actually upheld eventually. I mean, we found obstruction in every route we possibly took. That includes the care home and uh, NHS Grampian and also the government. Um, I had written directly to, at the time, Jean Freeman, who was the health secretary, 
and I also contacted um, Nicola Sturgeon directly. And it took ages to get a reply back, but none of them have ever spoken to me. And my, my concerns were that, you know, what was going on was not only putting, well, the tragic death of my father, but I had a massive concern for the care home staff because, you know, we had got to know quite a few of them and they were mainly young ladies, young girls that were seriously being put at risk. Um, the only way that you could get um, legal um, sort of representation in Scotland at that point in time, I was told I had to join a face group uh, crowd, which was the Scottish COVID Bereaved, which I did. And they, um, the odd thing about this, and it's on my Twitter feed, um, Bill Jolly at Skeptic Post, the reason that I started getting uneasy was that um, I found out latterly that the uh, the founder of this group, who is, and I, I can say this, is staunch SNP, um, had been presented by, I believe, Nicola Sturgeon at a meeting, Amar Anwar, as the suggested lawyer, and they co-opted him on as a lawyer. Um, the next thing that happened was um, I, I went with the flow through that. I did make um, complaints about what I'd witnessed. I was shocked to see Amar Anwar as a VIP guest at the indoctrination of the new First Minister, Hamza Youssef. He was in plain sight sitting in the audience, and I couldn't believe it because I thought, well, this must surely be you know, a, a compromise, a situation. You know, the impartiality raised its head immediately to me because Amar Anwar, and he's talking today, is investigating the, the SNP's um, abilities and how they reacted to the COVID epidemic. Yeah, I mean, this does. Yeah, sorry, Bill. I mean, just just to just to sum up what you've just said. Essentially, what you're saying is that the the very lawyer that they've appointed to hold the government to account is actually good friends um, with the SNP leader. He's also um, a big supporter of the SNP itself, um, being at the conference. Um, yes. So this is. This is a, a a pretty solid allegation and uh, something which I think you're right to actually raise. So yeah, tell us the rest of the story, Bill. Yeah, well, what I did was with the support of my family and friends and also when I, I, I wasn't uh, active on Twitter, but I decided the only avenue I had was to try and get more information. And I've had a lot of support. I had complained to Amar Anwar about the impartiality and I did mention the fact that he appeared to be and he agreed he was a good friend of uh, Hamza Youssef, the First Minister. And, and I did say, well, surely you should have recused yourself from this because from, from my family and Etc's point of view, this didn't seem to be appropriate. Um, so he was aware that I was unhappy with his position. Um, I had made comments on the Scottish COVID bereaved group purely and simply to do with them um, the fact that, you know, we've got a situation in Scotland where there's almost a media blanket that the SNP seem to dominate the STV and there's never much negative publicity until recently because there's obviously a lot of scandal going on within the SNP government. But I had made my views known and uh, I think they would have probably got rid of me quicker, but the wheels were already in motion for me to give evidence at the hearings in front of Lord Brailsford in Edinburgh, which I did. Um, another point I'd like to make here is that I, the statement that I got from Amar Anwar 
that I was supposed to read off and was to be sent to the inquiry was abysmal. And I've got that in writing. It was atrocious. It missed all the salient factors that I wanted to be presented. And it was um, amateurish. So I refused to accept it. And actually, I declined the Scottish COVID inquiry's statement for similar reasons. It was better, but it had omitted a lot of the things that I wanted to say. So I spent two days and did my own uh, statement, and I was waiting to see if they would accept it, but obviously they had to accept it. And that was the statement that uh, I presented to uh, Lord Brailsford on the 8th of December last year. So I went down to Edinburgh, gave him a statement, and I must say that the, um, I, whether I name him or not, but the KC that I had was excellent. I had great confidence in him. The, before the inquiry, uh, before I got called through the inquiry, um, I was under a lot of pressure because um, they had to redact a lot of what I'd said. Um, there were certain things that I couldn't mention names. I couldn't, you know, a lot of, because my father's yeah, death is sure. still under investigation by the Crown Office, I, I had to be very careful. And one word, I must so, say one word I did mention was a problem was euthanasia. Um, they did not want me to use that word. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised they don't because, you know, this um, there is a wider scandal which many people are aware of, which um, I'm not quite sure has broken the mainstream yet, which is about the use of midazolam and morphine and these other yes. drugs within the care homes. Um, I've had um, Dr. Claire Craig on the show and she kind of implied that perhaps the care homes were using them to control um, patients who they needed to be isolated, which is exactly what it sounds yes. like happened with your 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 father because he was wandering around and of course at that time um care homes were being told to isolate patients um what do you think about the covid inquiry more generally in scotland um do you think um it's going to produce any answers to questions that the public actually wants answers to well, I think what we need to do is go back to what happened next, because what happened next to me, and it's quite uh, disturbing, was I gave my evidence on the 8th of the 12th, and the KC that I had was actually Alan Karski, who's excellent. I pointed out before I went through that I wanted to mention my serious concerns about the fact that they were having an inquiry in Scotland the wrong way around from England, which Scotland always does, by bringing in witnesses like me first. In the meantime, there was uh, strong media reports, and there still are, and I think it's going to be found out to be the case, that the SNP were actively deleting and removing evidence. And there were also changing documents, and that was reported at the time. And I thought, well, surely they should be up now in front of Lord Brailsford, because why do you have an inquiry when you've got a, you know, you've got a government that is actively uh, destroying evidence? Now, what happened next was interesting, because... Um, on the 12th of December, that's only actually over the weekend and two working days, on the morning of the Tuesday after the Friday, I got a message from uh, one of the admin, and, and I can mention it, it was Jane Morrison dropped me an email to say that I was being removed from the, the, the Scottish COVID bereaved group. That was because of remarks that I had made, which had angered some of the members, upset them. And I asked for specifics, but they've refused to give me them because there aren't any. Um, and I was also told, and it was um, in quite an unpleasant feeling, 
that you will be getting a message from Amar Anwar telling him he's dropped you as well, because if you haven't got us, you haven't got him. And within an hour, um, April Meekham, who is his lead counsel, I think, or side counsel, dropped me an email to tell me that I had been dropped from legal representation as well. Now, I've contacted both these parties numerous times, Amar Anwar directly and, um, what's on it, April Meekham, and uh, Alan Whiteman is the lead man, the founder of the Scottish COVID Bereaved, and Jane Morrison, and nobody is willing to tell me exactly what horrendous thing I did that warranted me being hurriedly expelled. And this, I brought this to the attention of Lord Brailsford. I've notified the Scottish Inquiry. I've got in touch with my, my MP, who's, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Liam, what's his last name now, I got in touch with him anyway, and I said to him, you know, we really need, I need support, but it, it's non-existent at the moment, but I've got a few people looking now. Yeah, Bill, is your, um, what um, political party is your local MP? Um, well, there's an SNP and a Conservative. Okay, well, so, you've got both of them as, as MPs, or...? Well, it, yes, it would it'd be. It would be. I've, I've lost track a little bit now. But ah, right, okay, been, no, I'm with you. So, yeah, so you've I, got I one who is a member of the Scottish them. Parliament, and yeah. one who's a member of Westminster, right? Okay. Yes. Um, just out of interest, do you know which one is Westminster? Well, the SNP presumably will be obviously the. Well, the, the, the Conservative one. Yeah. I, I can get back in. Yeah. The was, uh, was it Liam Kerr? Is the one that I've been in touch with. And it's strange because okay. you, you struggle to get feedback. You know, I had to prompt them. Um, it's almost okay. like nobody wants anything to do with it. That's the feeling that I've got. Okay, Bob. Well, listen, um, uh, all best wishes for you. Really sorry to hear about what happened to you. Um, I'll give you a call this afternoon because I'd like to um, maybe contact that Conservative MP to see if he's willing to come on the show or to give okay. comment about what's going on. But it, it certainly yeah. sounds to me like you've been dropped from the inquiry there in Scotland because you are raising issues of um, conflicts of interest within the inquiry itself. Um, yeah. And you were very, very right to do that. Very right. Um, so, um, Bill Jolly, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, Bill. And um, let's stay in touch and do keep me um, updated if anything changes. Yeah. Right. OK, we're going to go to a quick break now and um, we'll have another guest for you after this short break. So stick with me, James Freeman, on today's News Talk TNT. What a news day this is turning out to be. Let's finish it. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Tensions are threatening to explode in the Middle East as the Houthis turn their missiles on American-owned cargo ships in the Red Sea. Two former British politicians have reportedly acknowledged a link between the mRNA COVID vaccines and excess deaths in the UK. And China's calling for a large-scale international peace conference to discuss the establishment of a Palestinian state free of Israeli occupation. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
Hello and welcome back. Um, just looking at the live chat, I can see Skippy says, where's James going? Um, pee break, cup of tea, nip down to Waitrose. No, none of that. Um, sadly, um, my guest, Dr. Shiva, has gone AWOL. Um, this is actually the second time um, he was due to appear um, a couple of weeks back and cancelled at the last minute. I don't know where he is. We haven't been able to get hold of him yet. But we do have another star um, on the line with me. I've actually got June Slater. Hello, June. How are you doing? Hey, Jim. Sorry that your guest has let you down. Um, I can't believe it on such an important topic as what a theme has uncovered. Uh, I've been aware of this for some time, and these ministers uh, know exactly what's going on. They're obviously disgusted, but what we need is we need people who, instead of putting their own political careers first, we need them to speak out about what they know. This is only normal information. We're not asking them to join in some wild conspiracy theory. This is actually fact. And whilst the media and the politicians um, cover their own backsides, it leaves the public in a mess. It leaves the public having to rely on what they see as fringe channels and um, social media, when really it's the fringe channels and social media that's getting the information out there. And the best thing the public can do right now is encourage their friends and family to source their own information, to find out what's really going on. Because you've got to remember from this position, the government has completely gone on board with this mandated en masse vaccination campaign. And the excess death is a huge issue. You know, more people have died, more civilians have died in, since 2022 than what died in the Second World War. That's working age people. That's what concerns me. It's not the elderly. It's working age yeah. people. And th those people who are actually suspicious of the fact that they might think they're injured through what's gone on, ought to be more open about it and just say so. I, I've got friends who have now got multiple uh, blood clots on their lungs, in their liver, in different places. They suspect it's the rollout, but they stay silent. You have a duty to mankind yeah. to be honest at this point. You do, they do, June. You're absolutely right there. Now, let's break this down because there's a few things to talk about. First of all, I want to talk about what Asim Maholtra said yesterday, and then we'll move on to the debate um, on excess deaths today with um, being led by Andrew Bridgen. So let's talk about what Asim said yesterday. Now, June, it's no surprise that the um, the Tory party don't want to talk about the safety of the jabs before the general election because, you know, whilst Parliament, it, all of Parliament itself um, is culpable in this, um, it will be the Conservatives that take the brunt at the election. So that's kind of understandable, right? That's politics. Um, you know, they want to talk about what they want to talk about. However, what Asim said yesterday um, was that actually um, there was two ministers who now acknowledged, two former ministers, conservative ministers, who've acknowledged the link between the MRA technology and the excess deaths. And the second one of the ministers went oh. on to say, um, and that's why we're not going to talk about it now. The allegation, and this is the serious allegation, because politics is one thing um, and not wanting to talk about an issue, is, like I said, is one uh, one thing. But the serious allegation here is that isn't it a coincidence that we've heard that and at the same time, um, the COVID inquiry last week has announced 
that it's not going to look at the safety of the vaccines as scheduled. It was scheduled for this summer. What do you make of this, June? Is this, I mean, if, if there is a direct link here and it is what we think it is, and like I said, you know, I don't believe in coincidences, then that's a serious, serious um, allegation of, I guess, um, interfering with elections and also the government, the Tory party, um, interfering with a public inquiry. Well, the way I see it, you could be forgiven for thinking it was deliberate. That's the best way I'll phrase that to avoid anybody coming after me. Um, Anybody with half a brain can see what's going on here. Look, what people want, what the public want, what the messages that come into me want, we want some honesty. And even if the Tory party held their hand up and said, we have to hold our hand up, we jump the gun, there's various issues, we'd like to address them, we want to be straight with you. We're awfully sorry if some of you have struggled. Do you know what? They'd have more voters back them than they would by trying to run for cover with the tail between their legs. They're running away like frightened terriers facing a bullfight. Um, the, the, what the public want is that some MPs, to be honest, it doesn't need to be ministers. An MP could stand there from his backbench position and say, we have made some dreadful errors. I'm being kind here because we all know that people think it's deliberate, but I'm being kind. Mm. I'm giving them an escape route here. The escape route is stand up and be counted, admit the errors of your ways and try and address them and put them right. We can send 2.5 billion to fund a war, a perpetual war that cannot be won. Why can't we put that money towards people who have probably been injured by doing the right thing and joining in this vaccine that never, ever did what it said it would do? It was oversold. If this was a normal product sold to the public, they would be in court for overselling the product. Trading standards would be all Yeah, they would, around. June. They, they would, June. So, and can we um let's let's talk about the the um uh, i guess the possibilities let's look at the the possibilities here of what's happened with this covid inquiry i mean could this be a case of the establishment itself not necessarily a political party um you know knowing that the mra technology has is linked to the excess test just saying look if we run this inquiry and look at all of this over the summer is going to throw the country into chaos just before a general election. Um, do you think that's possible, or do you think it's more likely that this is actual directly sort of direct interference by the Conservative Party itself? And obviously, we're just we're just kind of these are you know we're just talking about questions and ideas here. We're not making any solid allegations. Conversation. It we're just two people talking about what we think is happening. And at the end of the day, the establishment has not proven itself, to be honest. I mean, these were just two people talking about what we think is happening. And at the end of the day, the establishment has not proven itself, to be honest. I mean, these are the same sort of people that will have um, Dominic Raab going for Brexit discussions while simultaneously sending Ollie Robbins to have the ones they really want. So nothing would surprise me. Don't put anything past them. These are not decent, nice, kind human beings. These are politicians. They lie as much as they tell the truth. And the country is run. The country is run generally by the civil service, which is everything from the Department of Transport to the DVLC to the NHS. They're all government departments. They're all culpable in keeping the truth from the public because they want to avoid panic. Uh, so I, from my position, my 
my opinion is that everybody's got skin in the game everybody's got skin in the game the media especially the media are not independent they used to be independent now every single channel is owned by the same six companies who spout out the same yeah. line from left to bloggers like joe rogan tnt me you other people trying to do their bit to enlighten people and it's happening every single day more people are aware that they've been had on one level or another and at the end of the day we're being crushed we just didn't expect to be crushed by our own government and our own parliament. Yeah, it's not exactly. just the Tories. Please don't blame the Tories yeah. because those clowns sat across the aisle are just as bad. In fact, they're vile, in my opinion. But I don't care if they win because we're going, we're going to hell in a handcart. It just depends who's pushing it. Yeah, exactly. Listen, June, thank you so much for jumping on um, last minute and giving me um, that analysis. Um, we'll Obviously, we're going to get you back on the show, onto your regular show very, very soon. We've just got some technical issues we need to sort out um, with the video to get you back on. Um, June, thank you so much, um, and I'll speak to you soon. Right, okay, Bye, after this short break, Gemma Cooper will be back on. Um, we're going to talk all about the excess deaths um, debate in Parliament today and any other stories, breaking stories, um, that Gemma's got for us in a moment. So stay tuned with me, James Freeman, on today's News Talk TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. I can't overemphasize how important it is not to be excited about last week's Epstein drops. We haven't learned anything of much value from them. In fact, all the valuable information, all the videotapes, the client list, etc., is still under lock and key at FBI headquarters, controlled by FBI Director Christopher Wray. This blackmail information gives Wray as much power as his crooked, corrupt predecessor, J. Edgar Hoover, who blackmailed every president under whom he served in half of D.C. to boot, if you're to believe the stories. And make no mistake, that's exactly what this is, blackmail material. That's why Jeffrey Epstein had security cameras in every nook and cranny of every house he owned. That's why he had hundreds, if not thousands, of hours of video recordings of very prominent people with underage girls and allegedly boys. Whether it was CIA or FBI, MI5 or MI6, Mossad or several of these, doesn't matter. The fact is, Epstein was running an intelligence community honey trap. And the fact is that the real material will never see the light of day. If you doubt this, consider the coincidence of Epstein fixer Michael Sitnik having his servers stolen just the preceding weekend. There are no coincidences. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Internet crimes against children in New Mexico are real. And when it comes to protecting your children, the New Mexico AG's office and the ICAC unit are on the front lines. I'm New Mexico Attorney General Hector Balderas. There's nowhere to hide for online predators in New Mexico. We are working tirelessly using state-of-the-art technology and resources to seek out and find them wherever they are. Please talk to your children about the dangers that exist online, social media, games, and messenger apps. It's always important to know who you're talking to. Help fight online predators in New Mexico by submitting a tip today. The Freeman Report and James Freeman on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Right, well, it was great to get input from June there. She always says it exactly how it is. 
And um, it is a proper scandal what is going on at the moment. Now, linked to what we were talking about, there is actually a debate in Westminster Hall um, in the UK Parliament today on excess deaths. Um, it is being led by Andrew Bridgen. And um, unlike in past debates that we've seen in the House of Commons itself, um, there are 17 other MPs that have put their name to this debate. Um, I haven't had a chance to have a look at it this morning, um, but it will be interesting what um, comes out of that debate. Um, to talk about all of this, um, Gemma Cooper has um, kindly um, come back on to talk about all of that. So hello, Gemma, how are you doing? Hi, James. Yes, back again for the end of the show. Lucky me. <laughs> Fantastic. So, yeah, what do you make about all of this? Because, um, you know, we've got the, the debate going on today. We've got these allegations, not just from the UK COVID inquiry, um, those serious allegations that Dr. Seema Holtra made yesterday on this show, which has gone viral. But we've just heard also from Bill, um, Bill Jolly, um, about allegations that the Scottish COVID inquiry is also a bit of a stitch up and there's allegations there of conflicts of interest with the lawyers that are supposed to be holding the government to account who are actually friends and advocates of the SNP. It's a bit of a mess, isn't it, Gemma? I think that's always the case with inquiries. Do you remember the inquiry that was ostensibly launched and I think somewhere in the annals of the corridors of power is still going on about the uh, UK child abuse inquiry? The wide ranging look at child abuse, you know, not just in care homes and institutions, but also within the houses of houses of parliament within Westminster, the alleged paedophile ring that's died a death. We'll never get to the bottom of that. And uh, that's all been dismissed as conspiracy theory and ridiculousness and the work of fantasists. It's, it's gone away. And they did. You remember when they had different chair after chair after chair for the child abuse inquiry? They just couldn't make somebody in the role for long enough or that person decided then to stand down. It was just delays and smoke screens, delays and smoke screens. And that is what happens with inquiries generally. I think, when there are facts that people don't want to come out. Yeah, and I do remember what you're talking about now, actually, because I'm pretty sure that the chair had to stand down because there were family links to some of the people who were being investigated. I mean, this is um, this is terrible stuff. And of course, this week, um, you know, you brought the story onto the Freeman report. I think it was yesterday or the day before about this. The um, There's another report out about these grooming gangs in Rochdale, um, what is the point of these inquiries if they're not political vehicles for just kicking things into the long grass? It does seem that that is the primary purpose of them, doesn't it? I think it is because inquiries generally, they're not there. They, they're very clear. They're not there to apportion blame and they're not there to fire anybody or make anybody lose their job, no matter how poor the conduct. They're not tribunals. They're there simply to establish facts, uh, decide if on, if it happened again, should a different course of action be taken. They are very flimsy in what they do. But of course, the public hear the word inquiry and they think, well, something's being done. Mm. Something's being done. That's great. Something's being done. And it's a very clever system where you say, well, we'll have an inquiry. Yeah, we'll get all these people in a room and they'll face a grilling. Well, they might face a grilling. They could face a grilling, but that will be the, the extent of it. Nothing will actually happen in terms of blame, real blame uh, and 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 competence and whether or not that pe people or persons or even organizations are, f are fit for purpose and, and whether people should lose their jobs. That actually never comes into it. So we need to reframe our language around the word inquiry, I think, because um, it's a very sort of loaded term. But in, in all of these instances that we're discussing means very little. Yeah. Now, I would suggest that maybe perhaps we need what we need is a judicial review. But 
Um, that sounds even more expensive. And of course, you know, um, when we're looking at the establishment and seeing the stitch ups that are already going on, I'm not quite sure that we would get a different outcome from that. Um, just related to the um, the grooming gangs, by the way, Gemma, I did get hold of Tommy Robinson. Um, and um, yeah, he's going to appear on Friday's show. Obviously, Tommy has been instrumental in um highlighting and raising awareness of what's gone on up and down the country it's not just in rochdale um, and other places in the uk it's happening all over the country and it's still um, going on so really good news there tommy's going to be with us on friday to talk all about that now there was something else that you mentioned in the break Gemma. um you you mentioned that the covid inquiry for the uk is actually going to scotland uh for three weeks obviously independent of the Scottish COVID inquiry. But what's the reasons for that? Well, it's the first time that the UK COVID inquiry has moved out of London since 2022 when it first started. But you know, if we can call it inquiry, you know, this kind of very woolly fact-finding mission. It's gone to Edinburgh for three weeks. It began sitting this morning um, because it's go it's traveling around the UK to try and paint a picture of a whole as of a whole as how the different um governments uh, and and political parties handled. It and the decisions that were made. What's very, very interesting about the Scottish uh, side of it is that they are going to discuss um, the, the vaccine rollout and the vaccine implementation program, including, I'm assuming, I'm, and you should never assume in journalism, um, but vaccine harms and vaccine damage. Now, that's the third phase of the UK inquiry that's been dropped uh, in the London hearings this summer. They've, they're going to refuse to talk about the vaccines at all until after the general election. I personally don't think we'll ever see that phase of the inquiry coming to fruition here in, in London. But they are going to talk about it briefly in, in Edinburgh. And there's a lovely parallel as well. Uh, for this stage of the inquiry, 70 Scottish government uh, ministers and staff were asked for their WhatsApp messages just before Christmas. And surprise, surprise, they can't find them. And that includes, I think, Nicola Sturgeon. <laughs> And she's remaining very tight-lipped. They're saying, did you hand your WhatsApp messages over? Can you find your WhatsApp messages? She hasn't said a word. I think silence, silence speaks volumes then. But again, it's, this, it's the censorship of information. We should be hearing all this information coming out, whether it's, you know, from WhatsApps or from, from lawyers. But, you know, and whenever there's something controversial to say, it's the silence, isn't it? The silence. So we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah, now Gemma, um, this um, when you were saying there that you think it is going to be talked about in Edinburgh, the the vaccines. You're talking there about just to save confusion. You're talking about the Scottish COVID inquiry, yeah? How it was handled right, in Scotland. Okay. So how how the yes. vaccine rollout yeah, was implemented yeah. in Scotland. Yeah, they're they're looking purely at how Scotland handled uh, the scandemic crisis. That's that's the reason for them travelling up, and they'll, they'll amalgamate those findings into the UK COVID inquiry yeah. as a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. What I find interesting is the Scottish COVID inquiry now is being delayed. It hasn't even started properly yet. It's cost eight billion because Lord um, Brailsford has actually been diagnosed, uh, who's the chair, has been diagnosed with a tumour. Um, now, I'm not going to put my tinfoil hat on and kind of make any um, wild accusations there. But it does seem that maybe we won't see any um, talk about the vaccines, whether that's on the Scottish side or the UK side, in these crazy, crazy COVID inquiries. Listen, Gemma, we have run out of time. Thank you so much for jumping back with me there. I think we had a really good conversation. I'll speak to you again tomorrow. And to the rest of you, don't go anywhere. Stay with us right here on TNT. TNT.